Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we are talking about witchcraft works. Uh, this was uh, your choice this week, uh, was it not, Rick? It indeed was, and I would gladly choose it again. The pacing was a little bit off, but I think it was worthwhile. Right on. So it aired in January 2014, ran all the way through March, same year. A couple producers for it were Bandai, Visual, Xantis, and Movic, studio of JC Staff. It was uh, 12 episodes long, and the genres were action, fantasy, magic, setting, and supernatural. You know, uh, (laughs) what was kind of cool about this whole thing is you just mentioned that it was a Sony, and I would say that, yeah, it was was definitely geared towards, I'd say, uh, mid-teen to adult males, because there was a lot of fan service going on. Uh, I would uh, honestly kind of disagree with you in the amount of fan service. There really wasn't that much fan service going on. I mean, I, I would I would say Etchy are more along the lines for that, for fan service. Fair. Uh this one does play a little fan I'm not saying there's none, but <laughs> there really and it really isn't any to speak of in this. And I I, I would know. have to say that how it's written like it has a little bit more thought behind it, I would say, than than your standard uh, trope. Also, this really isn't a harem, even though there are other women around him. This isn't a harem esque or harem style anime, which is why I feel like it. The sending portion of it falls really in there because he's very monogamous in his relationship with who he's with. Yeah. I could see that, uh, but there's, I don't know, like there's the sister trope, the sister who loves her older brother trope. There's the the main female protagonist being way, I would say, uh, more attractive than I would say any other character just on principle. The really weird thing to me was that <laughs> the intimacy that was required for the main character to gain power was different, like a kiss gave her power before and then the next time she wanted to power up she's like let me clean your ears right well they didn't say that him giving her a kiss was the only way to power up they just had to share a intimate moment and they never specified what that intimate moment had to be he gave her a kiss by giving her a power because well he couldn't exactly do the same thing because she was petrified and and the individuals that we are talking about uh, we're talking about uh, Kagaria and Honoka. So both of them are the main protagonists of this. And there are several other supporting characters in here. And and uh, his sister, her name is Kasumi. And she is very, uh, how should I uh, put this? Possessive. To say it nicely, yes. <laughs> 
So I apologize. We're jumping around a lot, and it's the very beginning of the podcast. But it's just, uh, it, it, just much like the pacing of the anime. It, it it's all over the place. It, it has a story you could follow, but at the same time, it kind of jumps, especially in between each episodes. Kind of makes you feel like, did I miss something? Did I not miss something? And then once you get to episode eight and nine and they do the whole flashback. Of, it all makes sense. Yeah, it it kind of makes sense, but it really doesn't make sense because then you're watching it and like, well, did I did I screw up in watching it? Because how it flows, it flows like it should have been at the beginning. What I found really awesome about this whole chain of events, the, the storyline for this particular anime, is instead of being an observer... And you, you basically, as someone who watches the anime, you have all the answers. You get to see what the bad guys are doing. You get to see what the good guys are doing. You get to see the, the understanding. With this one, it's more like a, a point of view of the, the, the main protagonist. Like you're learning stuff as he's learning stuff. Even though the other characters already know this has happened, it's kind of refreshing a little bit, you know? It is. And one of the interesting thing about this is... The main character, the main protagonist, he's not all powerful. He's not the end all be all. He, uh, so I, at I, least mm, in terms of traditional. Fair, fair. Um, although I, I did love the fact of the confusion that and the play on words that everyone is is using. For instance, that you have two, you have two real main powerhouses that are in play here. You have the the witches of the tower and you have the workshop witches. The workshop witches care about us and care about the world. They use their magic to protect us, essentially. Whereas the, the tower witches are very self-centered, very self-gratifying. They only care about themselves. And if they have to kill people to get their way, they have no problem doing it. They also are extremely manipulative, even amongst themselves. Case in point, the the big bad guy or big bad girl if you will um of the last few episodes i believe her name was weekend yep um she manipulates three other witches to do her bidding and one of her one of the witches that she manipulates was kind of upset about it she's like this is i realize that she's manipulating me here i really don't have a choice but like i don't like it yeah what's funny is the one that was actually manipulating weekend, uh, that witch wasn't really strong. She's actually not really powerful at all, especially in comparison to some of the other witches that are out there, especially the, I guess you could say the two powerhouses, uh, heads anyways, for particular sections. So you have, uh, uh, Kronori, and then you have Kazane, and Kazane is the head of the watchtower, or not the watchtower, the workshop. And then uh, Corone, she's a part of the tower, which is. And I'd say they're, they're fairly high up in regard to one another. And they're also they really fairly have... old, too. Yeah, centuries old. We're talking like. World War II era enemies, even though they're saying that, oh, 130 years uh, was the last time we saw each other, but they give off very, very much so 
World War II Nazi Germany for the bad guy and America for the good guy or girl, technically. But the thing I never really understood. Well, and that's to how explained. they present themselves in, in that regard, that's kind of found throughout all of the culture for ja- Japan, as well as some of the animations. Because even if you equate yeah. it to 130 years, that's still pretty old. I mean, like that's 1800s. That's fair, I guess. I mean, so maybe this is in the future. Um, also, they when they say the last time they saw each other was 130 years ago, but they've known each other for centuries and they constantly battle each other. So yeah. they're they're a lot older than just 130. I'd almost classify them as frenemies. They're enemies, but they they have a working understanding. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah, they totally get along with each other in a weird sense. I liked it. I like yeah, the dynamic. I agree. Um, I thought it was kind of funny because when the head of the work sh- the workshop which was like, "Hey, I got to go somewhere. You're my enemy. I know that, but you're in charge for the day." <laughs> and yeah. There was no qualms, and it, there was no real um, not necessarily dispute, but there wasn't a pushback. the The evil witch came in and, and did her job appropriately. She she followed the letter of the law. Seems very honorable, you know. Well, because. I felt like that maybe she had nothing to really gain from it. I could see that. I, mean, I like, can definitely see that. Like for her, I, I would actually assume that maybe for it, it was more a matter of doing it just because to to pass some time. Okay. She was bored. Again, self-serving. Yep. It follows the, it follows the personality. Um. What I really liked about the anime was the play on words a lot of the time. In the very beginning, you find out that the main character is has a secret power, and he can't use it. He doesn't understand what it is. His memories were actually wiped, um, and he's basically thrust into this world of magic. And he's like, I don't know what the heck is going on. And the female main main character, who, I mean, you just said her name, but I only ever remember them calling her princess. That that's what stuck out to me. Yeah, well, yeah, that's because what almost everyone actually refers to her as is princess. So for future, I'm going to just refer to her as princess because that's what stuck in my head. That's that's the princess fine. seems the princess seems really invincible whenever she's protecting him to the point where she gets stabbed. A bunch like there's no possible way that anyone could survive and it's left open-ended for a while until you realize that well she is immortal while she's next to him and she's drawing power off of him and you're like okay so where is his power coming from and the tower which is referred to his power as we want the white stuff inside of you right and it's not terribly long that this goes on it's first two, no. maybe three episodes, and then it comes out that he and the princess, that Honoka and the princess are tied together, and she is invincible as long as the two of them are together. And then maybe two more episodes after that, you understand what exactly is going on with him, at least a little bit better. And you gain a yeah. better understanding as it goes on, which was a very... Uh, I would have to say a very happy moment for me that they do shed light on some of what's going on 
and shed light on how they approach everything. They they don't just completely leave it open and and out there for you to try and figure out on your own. They do provide some clarification on it, which is nice. I, they, I again, I, I mentioned it before. I'll say it again, probably in the future. I'm a huge fan of showing rather than telling. And here they actually showed you what was going on. That white stuff that I was talking about is the white princess or the white queen or, or the white witch, essentially. This person who was, we assume, because we never actually find out, we assume this person was confined inside his body and he's drawing power from her. He creates a contract with her to basically use power and stuff like that. And in turn, the princess is drawing power from him through her. So the almost infinite supply of magic that the white witch or the, the white princess, whatever you want to call her, has is being funneled into the princess. And she, being a fire, a fire um, witch, basically can burn the entire world and can't take damage while he's around and can't, it can't be exhausted, essentially. Now, the only weakness that we found is that if he gets hurt, all the damage is transferred over to her. That includes um, like stab wounds, anything like it. The only way you can kill her is to kill him. Right. But at the same time, uh, she's able to recover quickly. Yes. Using the magic, she's able to, to almost, I wouldn't say Wolverine style recover, because it's not that fast, but in a day, she all, all of her injuries are gone within, I say, like two hours. So, and I thought it was really awesome. He's like, you know what? I don't want to be taken care of anymore. I want to learn magic. And <laughs> what was kind of funny is the princess is like, you know what? Fine, let's teach you magic. And then you go, it's not a training montage, but it's pretty close to it you get the understanding that he learns magic. The problem is you understand that at a certain point, he's like, awesome, I can help. I know magic now. And the princess goes, no, I taught you how to run away. You need to run away now. Yeah. <laughs> when it hits him, he's, he's like, wait, what? And right. then he's like, you, you never did. Oh, no. No, I'm so useless. It is. And it's a funny moment. But at the same time, she had a very good reason and and it comes out later on too, that she had a really good reason for him to want to run away because everyone wants to get their hand on the white witch that's in him. Because yeah, basically and- if they have that, they have the power, they have that strength to draw on. Now what I didn't understand, well, yes, all that is accurate. I didn't understand the power scaling because it, there wasn't really from what I saw, an upper limit to magic power, if that makes any sense. Yes, I, I there there were very clear indications that um, his sister is a witch who uses bears, and the rabbit witch, who is from the tower, uses bunny rabbits. The bears are stronger than the bunny rabbits for some reason. We don't really understand why. Well, be it physical or innate I, I could never figure that out it's because his sister has more magic power everyone does have power but everyone has a limit to that power no i, I get that so but i guess my my, my I mean, curiosity is is there like like in dragon ball you have oh you're this strong because you worked out this much or what is it like we something you're born with like from the very beginning you have this 
uh, that you can fill your your container with power this much, and you can never have an overflowing amount. The White Witch was a full-grown witch. Did she start off that powerful? Um, you find out much later, like at the very end, it's it was a twist. I liked it. It was a twist I had to watch two or three times to understand. But essentially, the the reason that all the all the damage is transferred from him to the princess, and the the reason the princess is immortal is because they signed a contract saying that she'll feed off of his power in order to survive, essentially. And she made a deal with the witch saying, if there's ever an instance where he's going to give up his life to save mine, specifically for that reason, I want you to cut the contract with me. Yeah, and so so basically, to, to help clarify, it's not that sh- the wi- white witch is going to cut the contract with the princess. It's she's cutting the contact tract between Honoka and the princess. And at the very end, it's not the white witch's power that saves everyone and restores everything. It's actually Honoka's power that actually does that. And that in itself makes me very confused because the, they, for some reason, everyone appears to be a witch in, in this city, but like key components in his, in Honoka's life, is one of his homeroom teacher is apparently a male witch that you find out at the very end is the reason why they can't remember anything. But he says that male witches don't have high standing. And once you get married, you'll understand that your wife is essentially your boss. Yeah, your boss. Right. And it's not everyone is a witch. Like you meet a lot of people that aren't witches and wizards and his mother isn't a witch either. That I found weird. I found that, yeah, his mom's perfectly human, not a witch. Does that mean that anyone can become a witch? You just have to learn magic? Or, because his sister, who I assume is blood-related, and his mom, I assume, is his actual mom, you don't really understand the fathers, because the fathers apparently don't have, they're not there. It's weird. Yeah. Um, I should say, it's not, it's not weird in the dynamic. It's just weird how frivolously that, oh, yeah, he's not around. I mean, you never, he's traveling for business. He's dead. Take your pick. We talked about this before, too. The father figures or the parents most of the, most of the time aren't there for whatever reason. Fair. Fair. But, like, you don't know if the father's a magician or a, a, a witch, if you will. But so that, that brings me back to the whole power scaling thing. How much power does Hanukkah have? How, how, how strong is he by himself? That is perhaps a good question. Born, perhaps he was born this way. And he was the only one strong enough to contain the witch. Maybe. Which, you know, kind of like that train of thought really kind of reminds me of uh, the eighth son anime that's going on right now. Because you're born with the level of magic that you will always have for the rest of your life. You cannot increase it. That's true. However. Yeah. Yeah. you, You have a point. In this show. They never specify that. They don't talk about limits or powers or anything like that because it's not important. It's not important to the show. It's not important to the dynamic of the show. It's not about powering up, being powerful, and all this other stuff. It's about the story and what's going on in between him and the princess and with his own struggles as well. Sprinkle in some comedic relief here and there throughout it too. Well, they also, I, I did like, so the weekend says that she's not strong. 
She's not a strong witch. That's why that that's that that's a point that perked my ears up, if you will. It made me think more along the lines of maybe power scaling isn't a thing. But if she's an adult, and I assume she worked in the tower, I assume that she did the exercises that you would try to do to raise your limit. But she she claims not to be as strong as let's say the tower recruits. Like there were some that that appear to be stronger than her. But the thing I really liked was strategic planning, forethought, like effort in these particular fields elevated her from being a low level witch or someone without power to to literally the big bad the big bad for the whole series. Like planning, thought, strategy that played a very big part. It made me think that you know not everything came down to magic power. It came down to how smart you are. Yeah. And your your ability to, I guess, make shit happen, I guess would be a good way to put it. Oh, yeah. No, that's a that's a great way to put it. I would definitely agree with you on that. And I, I liked it a lot because it was it, it even though it wasn't the main point, it did bring out the whole. Well, if you work hard enough, <laughs> even if you're a bad person, if you work hard enough, you will elevate your status, at least temporarily, because remember, after she blew up all the bombs, that was apparently her magic. When she blew up all the bombs, she was incredibly weak after that. She needed she needed to restart this thing all over again. Start you know started from the bottom. Now she's there. Um, <laughs> right. So well, it's it's not just blowing up the bombs because she had a device to be able to do that. She used magic to create them and put yeah. them in throughout everywhere. Uh, she also had a magic that consumed all her magic to completely revitalize her. Not magic yeah. wise, but physical wise. Yeah, no, that was that was a really interesting. I'm going to call it plot device, but I, I really liked how she was like, you know, I set all this stuff up beforehand. I'm not very strong, but I have an active spell going on inside of me right now that uses a lot of magic, a lot of my magic specifically, and it revitalizes me every single time I get damaged. It's a healing spell. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's genius because that implies magic. Let okay, there was a book series I read a long time ago. Basically, you use the magic, you tie a knot in it, the magic doesn't go away until you untie the knot. In this particular case, I envisioned untying the knot as pressing the detonation device. That implies that the magic does not decay. So if you were to make a spell, pinch it off, leave it there, you could come back to it. So let's say you have the ability to store magic in a book. You could store complicated heavy use spells in your book or in this area or in a vial and use them without any actual magic cost to yourself that would be an amazing way that someone who's low level can come up in the world yeah and that would be pretty interesting for it however it doesn't just specify that it has to be a spell i mean, from what we saw the only other male witch that was there looked like he also was using uh some tonics and other yeah. uh, other that's artifacts to also en enact a spell so yeah that that's possible magic items those are a thing and so they actually said uh they did a really famous quote that i love that sufficiently advanced science is indeterminable that you can is undistinguishable from magic to a sufficiently primitive uh person essentially and that's right. Like they did it with Thor. Like, oh, my, my science is so advanced. It looks like magic to you. Well, you know, 
science and magic are two different things, but in my world, it's the same thing. Science evolved to the point that it looks like mysticism. Yeah. And that's the, what the science teacher said. That, that's what that male, male witch said. And that, I'm not going to say it gave me goosebumps, but talking about it now, having the realization come on me, like that's what could have been the interpretation. It's nice. It's very, it gives perspective. You know? Yeah. That's kind of, it's, I, well, to me, it's cool. I, I thought it was pretty cool. It was great how they went into it and the whole thought process behind it, behind it was great. I, I, I a hundred percent agree with you, especially with how they tied in particular ideals and thoughts to it. Yeah. Well, see, it depends. Like when we discuss anime that we watched, while I'm watching it, I don't really think it's too deep. When you and I talk about it, I don't know if I'm just giving it more um, more intellectual weight or not, or if I'm just trying to make things more than they are. But I well, just it's I that really... hopefulness, right? Yeah, it's it's that that bewilderment, that that sign of hope that you have for the wonderment of it. I mean, like, granted, yeah, you'll be disappointed, but that's okay. I mean. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. It, it, but it's it's that core enjoyment that's really found in a lot of a lot of shows, a lot of anime that we enjoy anyways. Not all of them are enjoyable. Some of them are pretty bad. There were some scenes like in here, there were some scenes where it just kind of like didn't really jive with me. It wasn't the story or anything like that. It was more along the lines of the animation. Felt like they got one, lazy. One of the things I agree felt really awkward to me was when the princess did a flying knee kick through a golem. And basically the, the you got a bad witch preventing them from going somewhere. And you they the bad witch basically took dirt and iron manned herself. And the princess for some reason got superpowers and kicked through what three feet of solid stone with just enough force to make the bad witch's cheeks swell up not knock her head off not crush her skull just give her like a swollen cheek and she passed out yeah and they're like oh yeah i trained for this yeah well i mean like at that point it's good to know because they even referenced back to it a little bit that what do you the watchtower or not the watchtower the workshop witches when the barrier that's protecting all the humans in the city from any damage that's happening from witches, it uh, it basically strips the witches of their power, so they're like human. Yeah, I, I think we're actually skipping over a really important thing. So in, in the workshop area, the princess's mother is the head witch, is the head workshop lady. She's also the chairman of the school. And one of the things that separates a tower witch from a workshop witch is a workshop witch protects normal people in their cities. Yeah, we actually already specified that. But what we didn't say was every time, let's say there's a magic battle that happens, any damage that is done, any any people that could have lost their life, the magic comes out of the workshop witch, the head witch, to repair that and to protect the people so that nobody actually dies from magic. Correct. So what ends up happening is the weekend spent part of the time building up this magic bomb that then detonates and destroys the whole city. As a result, uh, the 
Watchtower Witch, um, Kazane, loses all her magic and is rendered defenseless because the whole city was destroyed. It draw, drew all her magic power and the barrier was destroyed and all the people were sent to this uh, pseudo realm to be kept safe. As a result, because of this, all the witches that are, are the workshop witches lose the ability to use magic since the barrier was destroyed because as per part of the contract, if you're, you don't have a barrier there to protect the people, you can't use magic here. The only people that can use magic after the barrier drops are the tower witches because they are not beholden to those contracts. That also plays into the whole, they're selfish. They don't care about anybody else. Exactly. So it's, it's a nice little addition that they added on to it that I wasn't really expecting. And I really don't really, I really don't see the significance in it. You know, I understand why the barrier is in place, but I don't understand why magic can't be, can't happen without it. Because you know? there's nothing there to protect the humans. Mm. I mean, so does that, mean, does, does that mean in theory, if they're outside the barrier and there's no humans, they still can't use the magic. I think it's only while they're within the area because of the heart of the city for the community has that it's part of the contract. So if you're there within that area, within that city, and they specify this, not every workshop has contracts like this with cities, only really old ones that were originally set up are like that. Yep. You are right. They did mention that it was an old custom that people don't typically follow. So, but it's all, it's all, Conjecture. It's all, it's all conjecture. Yeah. It's it's there's nothing in fact other than the fact other than some of what we said. We don't know why what happens if they leave the city. They could still use magic. Heck, they could have taken the battle just like outside the city, like two miles away, and everything would have been fine. Who knows? They couldn't. They they couldn't. They actually said, "Well, why don't you take him and leave?" And then the princess goes, "You can't leave, silly." So, well, actually, he, they can't leave because of the princess's mom. So long as the seals were in place, he wouldn't be attacked, all that stuff. It, it came around. I think it was lazy writing. It was convenient writing, but it, it worked for the minor amount of time it was brought up. Yeah. So, but I think that's, I'd say that's probably about as much as we can cover because we got all the main stories, all the main uh, thing out yeah. of it. I, I would have to agree. So on a scale of up to 10, sir, how would you rate this? It's going to be high. I did enjoy it. I do like, I like the story. I like the animation. It was good. I'm going to give it an eight. I, I, it does have rewatch value. It's not my favorite. The pacing was a little off, but I did like the idea. I was a little confused, unfortunately, about the, the power scaling, what it takes to become a magician or a witch, um, stuff like that. But overall, it was a good watch. I would recommend it. Okay. What about you? Uh, for me, I'm going I'm with a seven. Yeah, I was going to say six or seven for you, probably. Yeah. You're a little harsher. I am. And and part of the reason why I gave it a seven is, one, it felt like it, the writing could have been better. I felt like the writing could have been better. It was good. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. Um, but part of the animation in some spots, it felt like they got lazy and they decided to re- resort to poor CGI. We're talking... Uh, 
magnificent Kotobuki animation style where they, in some <laughs> spots, were like, well, let's just go ahead and just do this because it's cheaper anyways. All right. <laughs> we need to outsource it. Other than that specific thing, I'd say that it was pretty decent animation. It was decent animation aside from that. Uh, I mean, some of the things in there really didn't make sense as to what was going on or, or why the tower witches decided to end up uh, a small section of them ended up living with the princess and why they continued to live with them after the fact. And there was just some parts in there where it was just felt like they wrote it in there just because, and they made it feel like the tower, Witches that you are first introduced to in episode one will be a big part of the show. And they're, they're really not They're They're a really small subsection of it. They were more comic relief than anything else. Yeah. So that's why I got to go with a seven. So next week is, uh, my choice. Ooh. Okay. What you got for me? Uh, I got, let's see here. Uh, Grimoire of zero. All right, it's uh came out April 2017, action adventure drama fantasy magic, and it's 12 episodes long. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like we're following the theme of uh, witch and wizard type stuff. Why not? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's like roll it. with it. I like it. Yeah, I I haven't seen it before. I don't know about you. Uh, I haven't. So it'll be an interesting watch. Hopefully, it uh, turns out good. Well, I'm kind of curious. Uh, does, do you know if it has a dub and sub? Uh, it does. It has uh, subs and dubs, so that way you can watch uh, either way. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to stray from my usual habit of watching the dub when available, and I will go with the sub. Sweet. That's exactly what I usually do. Go straight for the dubs. I'm just playing. I always go subs. subs. <laughs> I was going to say, you can rag it on me for a while. Going, we need to get you back to the old style. Hey, there's nothing better than subs. All right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Subs are better. I don't, I don't know. I've some of them are. Some of the dubs are good. Happen. Some dubs are good. In some rare occasions, my girlfriend is a gal, being one of those occasions <laughs> where the dub is far better than the sub. Just throwing that out there what i will say that you are correct the dub is way funny way funnier than the sub i would say almost on purpose but to be perfectly fair and and unbiased my favorite anime hands down dub style is yu yu Hakusho. loved every second of it i think the dub is way better than the sub but i'm biased all right so well that's uh, all the time that we got for today Hope you enjoyed this week's choice. If you have any recommendations of what we should watch, if we missed anything that you feel like we didn't cover, feel free to reach out to us. All our contact information is in the show notes, also on YouTube. It'll also be in the description down there. You can even leave a comment. Feel free to join us in our Discord server. Uh, we're usually in there just kind of uh, chatting about other things, not just anime. We do have other interests, just like everyone else, so feel free to join us there. Uh, and uh, until next time, I'm Jack. And I'm Rick. And we'll see you next time. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.